Greetings on this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work we're doing all around the world. You can do that by going to traincpe.org or you can follow all the links from our webpage, breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll also learn about our missions church fellowship in Boise, the Bread of Life. And it's from that fellowship that we share with you God's Word. Today we continue a consideration of the first chapter of the book of Haggai. A little background. The Jews have miraculously been sent back from their exile in Babylon by the Persian king Cyrus the Great. They've been sent back with a job to rebuild the temple. Our first two points from the last broadcast were that we're members of Christ's church, and as such, we've been given by him a job to build his church in every place, to raise up, as it were, by our faithful participation, the temple of his presence through the local church everywhere. And the next point was simply that we got this job because of a miracle of mercy. Today, we'll consider how hard that job is. And when we find out how hard it is, the more we'll have to remember that we got this job by a miracle of God's mercy. You're not adding to your merit by doing ministry. You're not gaining for yourself favor by doing this ministry. You're not proving your worth by doing this ministry. You do it as a response to the merciful miracle of God in your life. So you consider it a blessing even when you face opposition and you continue on and you don't lose heart. The people in Haggai's day needed to know that because they had lost heart. They had given up. This would be our third point. They had been sent back to Jerusalem, and the first thing they did was they built the altar, and then after that, they began to lay the foundation for the new temple that they were going to reconstruct, and then they found opposition. The people that had moved in to take their place, the Samaritans, didn't like the fact that they were doing this work without them and that they didn't have some controlling influence over what they were doing, and so they began to resist them and pester them and write letters back to the administration of Cyrus trying to threaten them and get them to stop doing their work and these threats worked and so only after a short while just after they had built the altar and just after they had established the foundation they stopped doing the work and they hadn't done it for over 14 years and there's by the way no evidence uh, you'll read in some of the commentaries that there was but there isn't you find no evidence that cyrus ever issued another declaration calling them to cease from the building of the temple There may be a suggestion that he told them they could not build the walls of Jerusalem, which they weren't doing, but which was being suggested they were. But he had already given the decree that they were to build the temple, and and the study of history and the understanding from our Bibles is that the law of the Medes and Persians cannot be revoked, that the king has established himself. He can't even revoke his own orders, his own decrees. And so, they didn't heed In the midst of that resistance and that difficulty and that trial and the hardship, once the initial romance of being back in that place and beginning the work had passed by and now the long haul before them and work and labor under threat and difficulty was before them, they stopped. They stopped doing the work. And here is the next lesson. It's this. All right, we are called to a great work to build up the temple of God. And it's come to us by a great miracle of God. And now we've got to learn together and understand it and keep this in mind throughout our lives that it's hard work. The work of ministry and the building up of God's church and the building up of His temple in every place. And in those places where the church has receded and stepped back to reconstruct it is hard work. We said last week that 
The church has been put on halt for almost a year in most places around the world. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of churches that have disbanded. There are thousands and thousands of churches that have not met in the last year to pray together, to learn together, to be a light in their community together. And there's a reconstruction that's going to have to take place. As they begin to reconvene and meet in that place and they begin to reestablish the assembling of themselves together and the enemy is not going to go easy. He's not going to make it easy for them. It's a work of reconstruction, and it's almost harder to reconstruct than to construct. You have to clear the ground again, and you have to start all over again, and oftentimes what you're starting over again with doesn't look nearly as grand as what you had had once before, and that's what the Jews found it as well. Once they got the foundation laid and they looked at it, it says they wept when they considered it was, it was nothing like what they had once had. And the glory of Solomon's temple and it was defeating to them and discouraging to them, and When man sinned, you read about this in Genesis chapter 3, and God came to man and he pronounced a curse over them, one of the things he did was he cursed the ground that they labored on. Genesis 3, verses 17 and 18, God said, Cursed is the ground for your sake. He said this to Adam. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field. And There's some wonderful promise in that. You're going to labor and it's going to be difficult, but there's fruit to be gained. There's some benefit to be gained. You're going to be able to nourish yourself from these things, but here's what you need to know. You're going to expect and you're going to experience tremendous difficulties by sweat and toil and in the middle of a lot of thorns that you're going to bring forth this work. And on that day that God cursed every field, he also cursed the field in which the seeds of the gospel are planted in which the church takes root and it grows. And the work of ministry to which we are all called in the local body of Christ is hard. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. It happens in the middle of a lot of thorny situations. We are expected to resist the enemy and to endure as we continue to labor to raise up and carry forward the work he's given us. It takes from us commitment, tenacity, hard work, and a lot of agonizing prayer. It's just the way it is. Take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 20. Paul, after telling the Ephesians that they are the body or the temple of Christ that's being raised up and growing together in their region, in their area, where the Spirit of God dwells, Paul, leaving the Ephesians, gathering together with its leaders, shares this with them in Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 35. He explains to them the work that's lying ahead of them, the work that they're going to have to be engaged in together with the body of Christ to care for the church, raise up the church, grow the church. He says this in verse 28 through 35 of Acts 20. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. Now that appealed to them because these men aren't professionals. 
There are men who have their own careers and their own jobs and their own ways, occupations, and he's not commending this to a class of leadership in the church, just laymen. Remember, I work as a layman, and I set the example for you. And then this is the part I want you to see. Verse 35. And all things I've shown you that by working hard, in this way we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You, you give your all, you'll find your blessing then. It's hard work, it's difficult. There's not much more that I can add to that. There's not much more I can give you by way of illustration, only to say that it's the case. The labor ministry to establish God's church and to grow God's church and to magnify God's church to others is hard. It's difficult. Here's the fourth thing we'll see here. We have to all understand this, that the impulse of our flesh when facing hard work is to delay the work. The impulse of our flesh when something before us is difficult and hard is to delay the work. In fact, I would say that most really hard jobs that I've ever taken up, I took up only because I didn't realize how hard they were going to be. (laughs) If I knew how hard they were going to be, I would have chose a different thing to do, a different occupation. Once I found out how hard it was, I spent just as much time, mental energy burning in my mind, trying to figure out how I could stop doing what I was doing or delay what I was doing or turn to do something else and justify it than to do the job that I had before me. This happens from the time we're little children. You see your parents doing jobs, and you want to do it too. You remember maybe the time when you looked out the window and thought, I want to mow the yard myself. It's a brief thought you had, but you had it sometime in your life. You were excited to know how to mow the yard, and then you began to mow the yard. And the rest of the time, you were thinking of ways to get out of mowing the yard. I remember on one occasion watching my father as he was painting the roundy pole fence around our property. My parents had about three acres here in Boise, and he was painting it with oil to give it a longer life. And then dad showed me how to do it myself, and I watched me as I did, and oh, it was fun, you know, painting those rails. And then dad said, now I want you to paint the fence until it's all done, and he left. And there's not just one pole to paint. You look at there's pole after pole after pole after post after pole after pole. And now after a couple of sections, you're beginning to realize this is going to be a long job. And now you're thinking, how do I get out of this? I want to go play. I want to go swim. I want to do something else entirely. And well, it doesn't just happen to children. It happens to grown-ups too. The Jews got off to a quick start. They were excited to be back in Jerusalem to build the altar, to lay out the foundation. And then they began to realize the work that was before them, that they never would probably reach the goal they had. They'd never restore the temple to the glory that it was in Solomon's day. At least in their minds, they didn't think it was possible. They became discouraged. Resistance met up against them. It became even more difficult for them. It wasn't simply that they were finding the difficulty within themselves and their own abilities, but there were other people that were coming against them as well. And And so they thought of a reason to stop. They came to a reason where they said in Haggai chapter 1 verse 2, the time has not yet come. This is not the right time that the Lord's house should be built. We can stop our work, the work that God has given us, and we can do it, justifying it. We look for justification, by the way, to justify why we don't do the things we should be doing that God has called us to. We can do it by saying that it was God who told us not to do it. A revelation from his word. 
that God had not given us the go-ahead. And so we say now is not the time. We can look at it and say, you know what, just using common practical sense, this is not the right time to do it, and this is not the right time. We can look at it and say, you know, we, we got, we're going to have to build a grand strategy here, and we're going to have to work our way up to this slowly, and we're going to have to apply great wisdom, and so now is not the time. And our brains, whether we know it or not, is working to think of ways to delay the duties that God has given us by His miraculous and merciful work in our lives. These Jews in Jerusalem had likely found the rationale for stopping their work from a prophecy that they discovered or understood from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah had prophesied that there was going to be a 70-year period of desolation that would come upon the land of Judah. And they were in the middle of or towards the last third of that period of time when Cyrus gave his edict sending the people back to Jerusalem. And once things got difficult and hard and they were trying to figure out why, somebody came up with and found this prophecy by Jeremiah and said, see here, you know, this is actually a time of desolation. We shouldn't be doing this work. This is a time of God's judgment on Judah, so now is not the time to be carrying out this work. Interesting enough, when Haggai shows up, the very day that Haggai pronounces the word to tell them to go back and build their buildings is, if you go and understand it, it is actually to the day that the 70 years has come to an end. But Haggai doesn't say, now you can do it, now's the time. He says to them, you should have been doing it all along since God sent you back by that great work, by that great miracle. They'd come up with an excuse and they'd spiritualized it. And I just say, this is autobiographical here, folks. It's easy to spiritualize not doing the hard things that your flesh wants to avoid. I'm compelled to give out a call to all our listeners Give yourself to building Christ's church in this age. Find a local church that is bound to the Word of God and exalts the person of Christ and there build up the temple of God's presence in your community. This has been the Bread of Life. To learn more about this ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.